The indigenous people of the Northwest have long feared a man-eating entity known as the Washuge. A Washuge was once an ordinary human being, but upon unwittingly breaking a personal taboo, they opened themselves to bodily possession by their ancient animal spirit. The victim's humanity is destroyed by the invasion, and they become a monstrous hybrid of human an animal, simultaneously alive and undead. A ravenous predator whose appetite for living flesh and hot blood can never be sated. The legend of the Washuge has roots in the folklore of tribes who speak the northern Athabascan languages. The Washuge phenomenon was best documented in modern times by an anthropologist named Robin Riddington. Riddington spent a number of years in the 1960s and 70s studying the culture of Danza, an Athabascan-speaking group of First Nations people. Their traditional territory lies along the Peace River, which is named after a peace treaty that was struck between the Danza and the Cree to settle a dispute over territory. North of the Peace River was given to the Danza, while the lands south of the river were claimed by the Cree. Like many indigenous peoples, most aspects of their day-to-day -day lives were heavily influenced by shamanistic magic. The Danza followed otherworldly instructions that were found in the songs of the Dreamers. Dreamers were people who could leave their bodies and fly to heaven. They did this in their sleep, enabling them to visit their ancestors. They would be given invaluable advice on hunting techniques, social conflict, and, on occasion, receive warning of impending danger. In fact, it's said the Danza were not surprised when they were contacted by the first Europeans in the area, because a dreamer had already predicted their arrival. In the mythology of the Danza, spirit animals are manifestations of the supernatural giants who ruled all of creation in the mythical past. The insects, birds, and various other wildlife we're all familiar with today are physical representations of the giant spirit animals. It was a custom of the Danza to send their children into the wild to complete a vision quest, whereupon a spirit animal would appear to them and teach them their own unique style of medicine. Medicine refers to a potent magic that utilizes bundles of totemic items, prophetic dreams, and medicine songs that are specific to a particular spirit animal. Upon learning this powerful and secret medicine, the child would forevermore be imperiled by the possibility of accidentally committing a taboo against their spirit animal. For example, a person whose spirit animal is a frog is forbidden to consume meat that is contaminated by fly eggs, and a person whose spirit animal is a web-spinning arachnid is forbidden from listening to the music of a stringed instrument. If one of these taboos were to be broken, the spirit animal might invade the offender, body, and soul in an act of possession that was known as becoming, quote-unquote, too strong. Having opened themselves to invasion by a giant spirit animal, the possessed would become aggressive and irrational, acting more and more like an animalistic spirit with each passing hour. Eventually, the afflicted person would eat their own lips, 
a precursor of the grisly acts of cannibalism that were soon to follow. When the possession is complete, the lipless lunatic transforms into a half-human, half-animal monstrosity, a supernatural horror with ice in its guts and insatiable hunger for human flesh. Washuge are almost completely impervious to physical harm. According to the oral traditions recorded by Riddington, the only way to destroy a rampaging Washuge is to melt the ice inside of its belly. In some folktales, an especially brave hunter is able to push the Washuge into a bonfire, repeatedly shoving it into the heart of the blaze until the block of ice inside its torso melts into steam. In other tales, a dreamer will instruct the afflicted person's loved ones to use their combined medicine powers against the invading spirit, which proves to be enough to arrest the transformation. It should be noted, however, that once the possessed has eaten their own lips, there is little hope for redemption. The only options are to kill the Washuge with fire, or be eaten alive. As it turns out, while the Athabascan-speaking peoples of the Northwest were living in fear of the dreaded Washuge, over on the other side of the continent, the Algonquin tribes of the East Coast and Great Lakes region were being terrorized by an eerily similar monstrosity, the cannibalistic ice giant known as the Wendigo. Like the Washuge, a Wendigo was once a human being, but has been transformed into a predatory supernatural monster through their own moral failings. The Wendigo has an enlarged heart that is made of ice, and, in some tales, their humanity is trapped inside their frozen heart like a prison. It is very interesting that two separate cultures, each located on opposite sides of a continent as vast as North America, could somehow wind up creating monsters as similar as the Washuge and the Wendigo. This gruesome twosome could almost be long-lost cousins on the cryptid family tree, if such a thing ever existed. Two ancient cultures, two very similar monsters, and a thousand miles of plains, mountains, and forests between them. It's definitely food for thought. Professor Riddington thought it was significant enough to publish a book on the subject in 1976 a work that has been referenced in numerous scholarly works on the subjects of psychoanalysis, theism, and sociological implications behind the folklore of Native Americans. During this time living amongst the Danza, Riddington became very interested in the spiritual aspects of their culture. He was particularly intrigued by Charlie Yahe, who was the last of the dreamers, born in 1881. Charlie had been guiding his people with his song since he was a young man, Dreamers are said to have the power to untether themselves from the physical world when they sleep, ascending to the world of the afterlife like a swan to communicate with their ancestors. They receive vital instructions on hunting and general survival, which they carry back to Earth in the form of a song. Charlie learned many songs in his formative years from Gaia, a well-respected dreamer, and he inherited his mentor's famous drum when Gaia passed onto the other side. According to Charlie... A person is in danger of becoming a Washuge when they become too strong, which is a euphemism for being possessed by one of the giant spirit animals in his primordial form. Charlie told Riddington the story of Asa, a man in his 70s who unwittingly broke the taboo of his spirit animal and almost became a Washuge. Asa 
had consumed some meat that, unbeknownst to him, had been contaminated by fly eggs. Unfortunately, his medicine animal was the frog, which made the consumption of fly eggs a grievous taboo for him. Asa soon began to exhibit frog-like behaviors, jumping up and down on his bed as he sang his medicine song. The other villagers were thrown into a panic. If the curse could not be stopped, the little old man would soon devour his own lips and transform into an unstoppable killing machine. Many villagers prepared to flee for their lives if their songs and medicine bundles could not heal the afflicted man before he ate his own lips. If they failed to save him, Asa would transform before their very eyes into the boogeyman from the deaths of their worst nightmares. Fortunately, the villagers were able to heal Asa with their combined medicine, but as his grandson Peter was quoted as saying a number of years later, lots of people make a mistake. That's why lots of people have gotten strong. They make a mistake. I know it helps lots to know something, but you have to watch all the time. People are scared of you. To know something, as Peter phrased it, refers to powers a child would receive from a spirit animal during their vision quest. The otherworldly medicine could benefit the child in various ways throughout the course of their lifetime, but it came with a steep price. Anyone who completed a vision quest would always be in danger of breaking a personal taboo against the nature of their spirit animal. Likewise, it would be entirely too easy to accidentally become the catalyst that breaks another person's personal taboo, which appears to be the case in the tale of poor Asa. He was offered the tainted meat by an outsider to the village, someone who may not have known that Asa's spirit animal was a frog. It was also possible to break someone else's taboo in an act of sheer malice. Riddington believed the offering of the meat may have been an act of sabotage, as he had reason to believe the visitors had come to the village that day could have been relative of Asa's ex-wife. The breakup had been decidedly acrimonious, giving Asa's ex-wife a strong motive to knowingly break his personal taboo. With the burden of this precarious state of affairs constantly dangling over their heads, day-to-day -day interactions within the Dane-Za community were often strained with a thin undercurrent of paranoia and downright fear. Peter illustrated this point by saying, Even when I go down to Rose Prairie, they're afraid to feed me. They have to ask first if I can eat this or that. Lots of natives are afraid of any kind of man. You never know. If someone knows something, you wouldn't know. Asa's grandson was no longer involved in the spiritual side of Dane-Za culture at the time of his interview, so he no longer feared the possibility of becoming a Washuge. However, Peter firmly believed that this tragic and horrifying event did sometimes occur within the Dane-Za community. Charlie Yahe was also a believer in the Washuge phenomenon. Although he admitted he'd never seen one with his own eyes, from his perspective as a shaman figure for his people, anyone who became a Washuge would surely be damned, as the weight of the murders they would commit while in the grip of possession would ultimately make them too heavy to follow the trail of light to heaven. There had been a long line of dreamers before him, but by the time Charlie was interviewed by Professor Riddington in 1960, he was in his 80s and was the last of his kind. Charlie Yahe lived a long and fulfilling life, 
but in 1976, he closed his eyes and followed the trail of light for the very last time. Although Charlie departed from this mortal coil many years ago, the songs he brought back from heaven are still sung by his people at the Dreamer's Dance, a world renewal ceremony that is traditionally held near the summer and winter solstices. The Dreamers may be gone, but the old ways of the Danes are still holding strong in the 21st century. Vision Quest may be a thing of the past, but the legend of the Washuge has lived on into the present day. Whether the phenomenon was actually a clear and present danger, as the Danes once believed, or if it was a manifestation of repressed rage, as postulated by Robin Riddington, both the monster itself and the cultural practices which created it are absolutely fascinating. The story behind the legend is a wild and roiling tempest of paranoia, supernatural possession, dream magic, and flesh-ripping giants who are invulnerable to arrows or spears. In my humble opinion, it would make for a pretty fantastic movie. Thanks for watching this investigative documentary about the Washuge, the supernatural ice cannibal of the Northwest. Have a good night. Please like and subscribe. It helps me out a ton, and I'd really appreciate it. Thanks again, and see you all soon for another cryptid documentary. Thanks for listening to this video, my friends. If you enjoyed it, please be sure to hit that like button as it helps me out a ton. Be sure to subscribe if you're new, and turn on notifications to never miss a new video, as I upload them almost every single day in all things natural and supernatural. If you're on the go, you can download audio versions of all of my videos on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher Radio, and just about everywhere else you find podcasts online. It's absolutely free to do so. I'll see you guys soon with another creepy video.